in this interview, we'll be having a conversation with Dr. Shad Helmstetter. Dr. Helmstetter is the author of more than 20 books in the field of personal growth. His groundbreaking classic on the subject of self-talk, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, is published in over 70 countries and is in its 45th printing in 30 plus years of publication. Dr. Helmstetter has appeared on over 1,200 radio and television programs, including repeat appearances on Oprah Winfrey, ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN News. His self-talk audio programs are listened to daily by individuals and families worldwide. Welcome, Dr. Helmstetter. It's an honor to have you with us today. Thank you. Is your family ready for whatever comes next? As we watch our realities transform almost overnight, Parents, teachers, and significant adults wonder, are our kids really ready for this new world? How can we be sure they have all the tools they need? How can we inspire, encourage, and empower them to create secure futures in an uncertain world? How can we help them design better tomorrows? Those are the questions, and this podcast explores the answers. I'm Marcia Amaro, and welcome to Sincerely Speaking. Um, so if you don't mind, let's dive right in. Um, one of the foundational premises of your work is that we all have programming that guides our actions and therefore the results we experience. Could you start us off by talking and explaining a little bit about what that programming is and where it comes from? Yes. Um, it, it actually works like this. From, from the moment we're born, every message we get is recorded by the brain. And then those messages that are repeated most frequently, those are actually wired into the brain. So first it's all of those messages we get are recorded, uh, but not all of them stick. But the ones that are repeated, they get wired in, literally, physically, chemically wired into the brain. And during, it's been estimated that during the first 18 years of, of our lives, if you grew up in a reasonably positive home, we were told no or what we cannot do or what won't work more than 148,000 times. I actually think that's a low estimate, but it doesn't really make any difference what that number is. It's clear to most of us that the number of times we were told what we were capable of and what we really could do didn't balance out the number of messages we got that, that worked against us. And, and here's the problem with that. The part of the brain that stores those hundreds of thousands of messages that we get that part of the brain doesn't know the difference between something that's true and something that's false or right or wrong or bad or good or positive or negative. The brain is designed like a computer just to store the messages we get and then to act on the messages we have wired in that are the strongest. So it becomes clear that most of us now understand that we grew up getting programmed and then we end up living out those programs. But we're just now becoming aware, or in the past few years, because we can watch this, we can see it happen now because we have uh, brain imaging technology that allows us to see how this thing works. We can, we're, we're becoming aware that we've got a lot of bad programs and people are really asking, what can we do about that? Yeah, I think that's why I'm so interested in having our conversation today because I want us to start thinking about how can we as parents become aware of our own programming and how that programming might be affecting our children and our parenting. So could you walk us through a little bit about some of the things that we can do to increase our own awareness as parents 
of the not so useful programming that we might have that might be impacting the way we parent. One of my favorite places in the hospital is the newborn nursery, the infant nursery. I've had the opportunity to visit there many times and, and it's a magical place. When we're, when we're visiting the newborn nursery, those of us who are visiting usually stand on the other side of a, a, a viewing window and then we look through the window and here in these little bassinets right in front of us are these absolute miracles of life. And they're, they're just, they're just born, they're brand new. And it, when, we're, when we're watching them, when we're observing them, if their eyes are open, we can almost see them searching as though they're searching to live out that incredible potential, that incredible promise that, that we're all born with. It's very clear that no one ever is born to fail. We're born to succeed in the very best, most positive way. And so, so when that, these little infants are, are in the hospital, they're, they're actually starting to get their first messages. The first ones are probably from the mother. And, but then there's that television set up in the corner of the room, and that's on, and the infant is getting messages from that. And then, and then the, little, the little child goes home and begins to grow. And then mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers, all the family members, then friends, other kids, then teachers, uh, at school, uh, then, then television, then the media and, and, and social media literally program us with thousands and thousands and thousands of programs. What's important to realize is that each of those, those little infants we were just looking at, they're born to succeed and they're born to live out that amazing potential. So to, to best see how this works, we'll do a little experiment. Imagine someone that you know or knew of, know of, who you believe is, might be the most successful person you've ever known or could know of. So I don't mean just financially, I mean successful in life, successful in living life. So their life is, is working, it's positive, and it's spiraling upward. So that, that's someone we would probably like to, to get to know or spend time with. That's someone who is, who is living out their promise. So imagine now that that person is actually in the room with you. And we'll ask that person to just stand off to one side, over to the right for, for a moment. And while that super wonderful, positive, successful person that we've imagined is standing there, now I'd like you to think of someone who's failing and failing really badly. When I think of that, I still think of this 14-year-old, 17-year-old kid, 17, who left home when he was 17. His parents haven't seen him since. And that was a long time ago. And I think if they ever did find him, they'd probably find him in an alley someplace because of the, the drugs and chemicals in his system. But that's just who I think of when I think of someone who's, whose life is not working. That person is failing. But get in mind someone you know or know of who is failing at life. And then also imagine <clears throat> that that person is, is now standing in the room with you. And we'll have that person stand over to the, to the other side. So here you are. There, uh, off to your right, is someone who is wonderfully successful in their life. And then off to the other side is someone who is failing miserably. And 
I'll ask you to look at both of those individuals, get a clear picture of them, and then ask yourself the question, what is the difference between that person and that person? And if you think about it, even a moment, it becomes clear that the real difference between those two, one so successful and one failing badly, the real difference between those two is their programs. Because, and this is, this is profound, it's entirely possible that those two people who are with us now, one successful, one failing, the same two little infants that we were looking at in the newborn nursery just a few minutes ago, and they were awake and their eyes were wide open and we could see them searching for that unlimited promise and potential that they were born with. They were both born with the same amount of promise and potential. And now here, one of them is succeeding in life and one of them is failing. The answer that it's their programs is the most accurate, honest picture of what happens. Fortunately, because we were all we were all those infants. We were those infants. We were in, in that little bassinet in our little warm swaddling blanket, just waiting to live out this life in front of us. And now here we are. The valuable message here, I believe, is that we get programmed, but we've learned we can change those programs. And what we've learned at the Self-Talk Institute is that virtually anyone can change their programs. It isn't difficult to do. We're not taught it in school, in most schools, but we can do it. That's outstanding. Um, see, what you first described, I think, uh, encompasses most parents' greatest fear and greatest nightmare is this idea that the programming we feed into our children might cause them to end up like that second person that you described that is completely unsuccessful in life because of their programming when we deep down know that we have within us the ability to program them towards the other side. So I guess the next logical question is, what can we start doing now today to be better, to better identify and be more aware of those negative elements that we might be feeding our children? And how can we start correcting those things? So there are two parts to this answer. The first I'll deal with is, what can we do right now with our kids? And then the other one is what can we do with our own self-talk? Because obviously our self-talk is the self-talk. That's where the messages are that we give to our kids. But I'll start with what we can do today. When, when I, my, uh, I have two sons and when they were very young, I was studying this thing called self-talk. And I had this idea that I would imagine for 30 days, for an entire month, that I couldn't talk to either of my young sons, four, five, six years old, that I couldn't talk to them for a month. I also imagined that each of them had a, um, like a small um, computer keyboard strapped to their little chest. And on the top of that keyboard, I imagined a sign that said, Dad, Mom, world, everything you type into my keyboard will be stored for life and acted on as though it's true. Please be careful. And I imagined that keyboard was plugged right into their brain. And then I thought about what I would say when I talked to my kids. 
And I realized instantly that I, would ne I could not possibly imagine typing something in like, you're so stupid, or you never tell the tr truth, I can't believe anything you say, or you'll never amount to much. Those kinds of things that we, we would never type that in to a kid's computer keyboard if we knew that those were programs we were creating that were going to end up determining the future of that child and that child's success in life. So with that in mind, I had never talked to my children badly, but I sure got better really fast because I was aware of one thing. And this is what I would tell any parent. Be aware that everything you're saying to your kids counts. Now, we used to think that words didn't really mean anything. We thought that they just went in one ear and then out the other. We now know that's not true. They go in, they stay, and if they're repeated, not only do they stay, but they get wired in, in neural networks, in that child's brain, and they stay for life, unless something changes that. So that's something that any of us can do now. It takes some practice doing that because we're not used to thinking about everything we're saying. But that actually leads me to the second part of that answer, and that is taking care of our own self-talk so we don't end up giving that away to our kids, the negative kind. And I recommend that, that there, are, there are three steps that the Self-Talk Institute recommends, and, and I'm going to give you a couple of those steps now. I recommend that you monitor every single thing you say to yourself for 30 days. So that's a job. It, it would be like if you had somebody that went around with you with a recorder and recorded everything you said for an entire month. And then at the end of that month, you ask them to print out everything that you'd said. And then you get a yellow highlighter and you circled or you underlined everything that you said during that entire month that you repeated, especially repeated frequently. And when you read that list, you'll see a perfect and exact program of what your self-talk is today. That wouldn't, that wouldn't include, of course, the things that we're thinking because those are silent. But the, the thoughts we're thinking are, are almost always a reflection of what we're saying. And what we're saying almost always creates more thoughts of the same kind. So they're very much alike. So the first step is to monitor, listen, listen to yourself. And because we're not used to doing that, that it, it you can you can acquire the habit of listening to yourself and it's a good thing to do um, and that leads to the second step and why you should listen to yourself is because the second step is to edit so the first step is to monitor which means to listen the second step is to edit we all have the ability to stop ourselves just before we're about to say or think something that's negative or harmful or could work against us. We're, we have that ability. With, with just a little practice, we can get good at using that editing capability. Stop yourself the moment before you're about to say or think anything that could harm you, that could work against you, or that is not true about you. Most of us go through our lives listening to ourselves as our own worst critic, and because the brain is designed to believe what's wired into it most, we think that critic is accurate and correct. That critic, that critic is not true at all. That critic forgot that we were born with unlimited promise and potential.
Now you teach that repetition is the key to wiring and rewiring our programming, right? Um, can we use repetition with our kids to reprogram maybe as we identify things that we have seen or recognized in them or maybe even instilled in them ourselves? Can we use repetition with them, repeating them? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's a really good point. Um, neurologically, in the brain, almost all of our programs come only through repetition. There are some programs we get because of immediate, powerful psychological stress, like uh, an accident or a death in the family or something like that. So that will give us instant programs. But other than, than psychological stress, we get all of our programs through repetition. The brain is designed to do that because it, the brain wants to be stable. It doesn't want us to be changing every which way, every which day. So it's got to keep us on kind of a straight and normal and, and path. And, and so it, take, it requires repetition, usually a minimum of about three weeks before new program pathways actually begin to form in the brain. So when we're talking to, to kids, Let's say that you have to, there's a reason to discipline. By the way, the real reason, the real uh, definition of discipline is to make a disciple of. And when we think of it that way, it, it changes it completely. But so let's say there's a reason to discipline a child. Always balance the discipline with a positive picture of who they are. And that's not being false. That's not giving them false sense of esteem sense of self-esteem. That's simply telling them who they really are. Um, you can walk into a child's or a kid's uh, bedroom and it's a mess and, and you might say, I told you to clean this before lunch. You haven't done it yet. And instead of saying, you're the messiest person I know, you never, you're never, no good at keeping things. You're, you're so disorganized. Instead of saying that, you may want to repeat, you need to clean your room and I want it straightened up. But I want you to know something. I've been noticing you're a really organized person. I've been noticing that you do a lot of things that are really organized, and that's really good to see. Well, the first time that might not count. The second time, maybe. The third time, it'll start to sink in. After that becomes your normal way of communicating with them, showing them who they really are, they begin to get it. Most of us, when we're asked, was there someone in our life that helped us do well or get past the problems. Most of us will say, yes, there was my, my mother or there was this, an aunt or an uncle or a teacher at school who told me I could, I could accomplish anything. I could do anything. We, we remember that person because that person was the person who gave us the message, usually in a repeated way, that gave us a picture of ourselves that we ended up living out. So when we're parenting now, and we're editing our own self-talk, and we're giving our kids the repetition of the right messages, we're literally building that picture of who we believe they can really be. And it's important that we, can we have to believe that they are unlimited, that they have unlimited promise and potential. As I said earlier, nobody's born to fail. We're all born to succeed. And, and I've never met anyone who doesn't have unlimited potential. And I know a lot of people. I've met thousands of people in audiences all over the world. Every single one of them has it. 
all we have to do sometimes when they're kids is help them see it. So you can go to shadhelmsitter.com or you can go to, you may want to write this down, selftalkplus.com, S-E-L-F-T-A-L-K-P-L-U-S.com. That's the site where the Self Talk Institute streams self-talk. And there are a lot of different subjects, but as I mentioned, there are there are specific self-talk programs for little kids and then older kids, and and then a lot of programs that parents may want to listen to. Thank you so much, Dr. Helmstetter. Thank you. I want to sincerely thank you for joining in this conversation today. I know your time is precious and I don't take your sharing in this conversation with me lightly. There's a million other things you could be doing. So again, I want to thank you for being here with me today. I hope you have found great value, inspiration, and encouragement in our conversation today. And if you have, I invite you to share this podcast with someone else who you think might need that bit of inspiration today. I also want to invite you to head on over to marciamara.com where you will have access to tons of additional resources, including a free PDF copy of my Tough Talks checklist, which walks you through step-by-step how to engage in those not-so-easy conversations with the people closest to you. I hope to chat again with you soon. Again, this is Marcia Amaro, and this has been Sincerely Speaking.